This is Trish McCarthy, and you are listening to the Chasing Squirrels Testimonies of Active Faith podcast. If you're a regular listener, you know that I have a variety of different types of episodes. Some I share um, testimonies of others. I interview other people and have them share their stories. I've shared my own testimonies before. I also have some teaching episodes that contain a takeaway teaching and a tip based on testimonies that were shared. And I've had a few that were just kind of unplanned, raw, uncut, unedited episodes. And that is what we have again today. <laughs> so I'm, I was talking to my sister yesterday and she was saying that she actually likes those the best. So I am trusting that even though this is not very planned out or super polished, that it is going to be powerful and very helpful for somebody today. And I actually, I really believe that it will because this is the third time that I have tried to sit down and record this. And usually when that happens, it's because uh, there's an enemy out there who does not want this message to get out or a message to get out. So I'm trusting that if you are listening right now, that God is going to speak directly to your heart today. So I pray right now that you would open your heart, that you would open your mind, open your ears, and that um, you would just be blessed by what you hear. So here we go. (laughs) So what a week, right? If you live here in Austin or anywhere in Texas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you live, chances are if you live anywhere across the country or even across the world, you also know what I'm talking about. Spoke to my mom this morning and she was saying that my uh, stepsister who lives in Spain saw on the news everything that was happening here in Texas. And it wasn't just about the snow. In fact, the snow was gorgeous. It is my absolute favorite uh, weather. I love it. I think I probably belong living in Colorado or back east somewhere. I love the snow. I used to live in Flagstaff for four years when I went to college and it, and it just never really, it never really bothered me. I like it. But that that wasn't what it was about. And it was funny. I saw a few people commenting uh, on different people's posts like, come on, Texas, it's just snow, get over it. And it, that wasn't the problem. <laughs> the problem was all of the aftermath from the huge amounts of snow of snowfall, not just snowfall, but the ice storm that we had. It was crazy. We had an ice storm and then a snowstorm, like a blizzard, and then another ice storm and then more snow on top of that. So it was layer upon layer. And that, it wasn't that. I mean, we had record breaking lows. We were not above freezing for many days. We got into the single digits and it even felt like 10 below zero on one day. And it wasn't even necessarily that. It was, we had outages power outages, as you're probably aware, across the entire state, like millions of Texans without power, without water, in these freezing temps, unable to get on the road because of the treacherous conditions. In fact, there was, it was so sad, there was a 130-car pileup in the DFW area where six people lost their lives. And to see that footage on TV was just tragic. It was tragic. If you saw it, the semis just could not, they were just out of control and people lost their lives. So it was much more than just a snowstorm. It was, it was very surreal and it was very scary at times. And for me, I think the bit, the biggest thing, and maybe for a lot of us out there was the, the fear of the unknown. That happens a lot in life. It's, 
just thinking about all the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? And for me, my that really kicked in when I was watching the news and they indicated that there was a good possibility that the entire power grid out in over Texas in Texas could go out. They called it if if that were to happen, they said it would be catastrophic and that it would take months to recover from that, having to rebuild our infrastructure, that it would take months to recover. That was a reality check for me. And that was when my fear really began to kick in because I thought, I mean, when you hear the word catastrophic, what else can you do but be afraid? So anyway, I definitely, during this time, I realized some things about myself. I became super self-aware. That's that's kind of what I do. I do a lot of self-reflection and contemplating and I didn't, it, it took me a few days and then all of a sudden I started becoming really aware of my feelings, my emotions, my behaviors, my fears, my attitudes, my faith, all of that. Very self-aware and to be honest, I just wasn't all that thrilled about what I saw. You're probably aware of the, um, you've heard of the fight or flight syndrome or fight or flight response, I guess, when faced with some type of a, a perceived threat or danger or some type of something that um, makes you fearful, right? We either f- flee or, or we fight or we flee. Um, and there's there's also, though, another response, which is to freeze. And it, it can actually be a helpful response. Like if you were to see maybe, for example, a snake coming, a rattlesnake ready to, to strike at you, freezing might be good in that moment or maybe a dog getting ready to attack you it might be good to freeze and contemplate and think about what's your next move so it's not necessarily a bad thing all of those things in and of themselves aren't aren't necessarily bad they're responses that we have to danger we either flee we fight we we freeze well I had a lot of time obviously we were home for a long time to to think about these things and I mostly did, and this is me in general in my life, I mostly did a lot of fleeing and a lot of freezing. And obviously I couldn't flee from the storm. We were stuck. We were literally stuck in our homes. We could not go out and drive. It wasn't safe. So I I didn't flee from my home. But what I did is, and I've done this before, and a lot of you can probably relate, I got into this pattern of escapism. And I found myself for mind, like just for hours, being on my phone, looking at Facebook and seeing what other people were posting. And that kind of made my made me spiral a little bit because I saw other people being without power. It was horrible being without power for 40, 60, 80 hours, being without water, pipes bursting, places flooding. And so, uh, but for some reason, I felt I just kept, wanting to escape and get into like being on my phone I escaped by playing games I escaped by watching things on Netflix that honestly weren't helpful they weren't anything that I would probably normally watch and I just did it anyway and then the other thing I did is started to kind of escape by or maybe self-medicate I don't know by just stuffing my face to be honest I just like super uh stress just stress eating all over in fact my husband I I made a batch of cookie dough that we were going to bake up and uh, put it in the fridge and basically between the two of us we ate that whole entire batch of cookie dough in 
two days, Courtney came home, our daughter, and saw that there was one little piece left. She said, I said, we, here you go. We saved this for you. And she said, I haven't had any. That's the first one. You guys ate that whole thing by yourself. So anyway, just an example of some ways that I sort of was trying to flee from the stress or flee from the the fear, I guess, just this escape mode that I was in. And then I did just a lot of, there was just the frozenness. I mean, truly, I am literally, we weren't freezing, but our house, it was cold and we were trying to keep it below regularly. We were trying to keep it at about 62, 65 to conserve energy because we knew that there was a shortage of energy. And anyway, it was, it was cold. So I just kind of stayed frozen underneath my, my weighted blanket and I didn't want to move. I, I literally just didn't want to move. But then I also became really honestly frozen in my faith. I love to get up every morning and get my coffee, which that was another thing, going without coffee uh, when your power's out. That's, I found out what an addiction I have to that. Um, But it's my favorite thing. My Brendan and I, my husband and I, we love to get up and, and have our coffee and sit next to each other on the couch and spend time in the word and, and share what God's teaching us, speaking to us. We journal. Anyway, I tried that on Sunday. I couldn't do it. Monday, I got about one paragraph on the page of something, a short little prayer, I guess. Tuesday, looked at my journal, nothing again. Wednesday, I think even shorter than Monday, just a few lines. Thursday, nothing. It just... <laughs> it. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was trying, I was trying and I just couldn't do it. And honestly, looking back, I think the biggest thing was that I allowed distractions in and it was mostly my phone. I'd have my phone, I'd, I'd hear something, you know, some little notification come through like a news article giving more information about the storm or I'd get on and see somebody post something about what they were going through or I had a friend text me and what they were going through. So anyway, major distractions and I struggled um, and it, and it, bo- it, of course, it bothered me that I was struggling. But anyway, I think it was, I guess it was maybe Wednesday night. I don't remember. I, I finally just felt like, okay, you've got to make some changes. You've got to get up and, and do something to move. And so we, <laughs> I had cleaned, thank goodness, we cleaned our garage out about two weeks ago. And my, I hadn't been able to put my car in there for who knows how long. And we were able to get my car in there, which was really nice because we got it out of the snow and out of danger of falling tree limbs and whatnot. So Brendan had brought in about four or five boxes that I needed to go through because I tend to be a little bit of a pack rat. So those had been sitting there. He even said, this is the perfect time for you to be able to go through those boxes. We have all this time. Yes, it's the perfect time. Did I? No. I let him day after day. The boxes just sat there. I didn't do it. But on Wednesday, I decided I'm going to go through these boxes. Well, it's amazing the things that I save and the things that I find. They're just very random things. And as I was going through the first box, I found this piece of paper that had just a bunch of scriptures written on. There was no date. There was There's no, um, I guess, reason for these. I, I don't know. There's just nothing but just scriptures. So I'll tell you what. <laughs> God's word is so powerful. In that moment, the scriptures that I read were so perfect. And it was his word that got me unstuck. It was his word that got me unfrozen. I'm going to read to you 
just a few of the verses that were on the page or that are on the page and you will hear how totally perfect and I guess just totally perfect they were for this situation and the, t- the timing. So First Peter 5, 7, give all your worries to God because he cares about you. John 14, 1, Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. Psalm 95, 6 through 7, come let's worship him and bow down. Let's kneel before the Lord who made us because he is our God and we are the people he takes care of and the sheep that he tends. That one brings tears to my eyes. Um, and then Jeremiah 32, 27. Oh, gosh, I am the Lord, the God of every person on earth. Nothing is impossible for me. So those are just a, a few of them. And that last verse, the Jeremiah 32, 27. I am the Lord, the God of every person on the earth. Something else that happened to me in the in the middle of the night, a couple nights I, before I before I read this, is I would wake up and I would just start getting so scared for all of my friends who I knew were going without power. I felt scared. I mean, I wasn't afraid that they were really in danger of dying or anything like that, but it just my heart was so heavy and burdened for them. No power, no water. No, I knew that their the temperatures were just plummeting in their homes, and it just I just kept thinking about all of them and feeling you know that feeling of just being so helpless. We're stuck in our home. What can we do? And honestly, the best thing probably to do would be to pray. I I felt like I couldn't even do that. It was just really hard. I I was frozen. I was stuck. And so that's kind of where I was at. I just literally felt frozen and stuck. And I I guess <laughs> knowing all that, I, I was reflecting on it and thinking about it. And I, I thought this probably would be a really good podcast episode to share about this and feeling frozen and what when your faith gets frozen. And then I had this sort of other voice or I guess doubt pop up. Trish, you can't do that. Your podcast is all about faith and you're encouraging people to have faith. And, you know, what will that make you look like? And blah, blah, blah. It was just pure lies that I was listening to. And I had to just shut those out because the truth is, I know every single one of us has we struggle. We struggle with our faith. And the Bible tells us that we can have faith as small as a mustard seed and we and we can move mountains because it's not us. It's God who does it. And it's okay. It's okay that our faith flounders. It's okay that our faith isn't perfect. We take it to him. He shows us what to do with it and we move on. And so anyway, that's, that's kind of basically where I was. And like I said, it was the word that got me completely unstuck and also some pr- the, some prayers of I had a, a my friend Sue from Phoenix call me and say you know ask how we were doing and and I could just feel hear the sense of urgency in her own voice just oh I'm gonna be praying every day and she she said she was gonna ask all of her praying friends 
her prayer warrior friends to pray for us. So that that literally felt like it took a ton of, of just weight off my shoulders. And then I had friends like my dear friend Lori calling every day and checking in with us and texting every day and just calling and saying, how are you? I'm thinking about you. And it, it was just so wonderful to have that encouragement. So God's word, the prayers and fellowship of, of friends and family was so helpful. But it's mostly his word. And he, he brought to mind that verse, Second um, Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. And he really used it to comfort me. He taught me. He reminded me. And he convicted me. I was convicted that I was having some fear and some anxiety. And I can bring that to him and confess it to him. And he would take care of it and remove it. So... The I guess it was Saturday morning, I woke up and I got down on my knees and I just felt like God was saying, just get down on your knees and pray and spend some time in confession and obviously time in praise and worship and thanking him too, because we we were really fortunate in, in our home. We lost power for like eight hours, I think the first, I think it was Sunday or Monday. It got pretty cold. It was like 55 degrees in, in our home and after that, we had the rolling outages, so we did not have to go hours on end without power, and we didn't lose water, and um, the only real damage that was done is our beautiful tree out front lost a lot of limbs, And uh, but I think it'll be spared. But anyway, just so much to be grateful for, so much to be grateful for. So I spent some time just praising him and thanking him and, and then also just confessing those things that I had shared just now with you, just my lack of faith and the worry and the anxiety and, you know, just sorry that I also sorry that I squandered some of my time and I filled my mind and I filled my, my time with things that probably he wouldn't want me to in my body, you know, things that he weren't healthy for me. So anyway, just spent some time in confession and that's always just such a, a beautiful time. It's something that, um, we really need to be doing regularly. And I know there's been seasons in my own life when I haven't. And he wants us to. He wants us to come to him. He tells us this is the other verse that he brought to mind was First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness or purify us from all unrighteousness. And so it's always such a um, it's a difficult time. It's difficult to swallow your pride and be humble and come before uh, your Lord and confess the things that you did that you know didn't please him. But he's so sweet. He's so sweet. And he wants us to come to him with open arms. And all we have to do is confess and he just forgives us immediately and doesn't, um, he doesn't um, hold it against us. However, I... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure some of you can relate to this as well. I have a tendency to go from confession to condemnation. And I know this about myself. There's like a, a pattern in me where I, well, it actually starts with conviction. So the Holy Spirit convicts me of something that I know uh, isn't pleasing to the Lord. And so I have that conviction and then I confess it. And then there are times when I can spiral down into a pattern of self-condemnation. I can go from, okay, I confess I had, for example, 
in this case, I have, you know, can, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> lost my train of thought. Um, was experiencing anxiety and worry and not trusting you, Lord. I wasn't coming to you. I was turning to other things to relieve the fear instead of coming to you. I can go from that to I am the worst person in the world. I don't know why I'm even doing what I'm doing. Why would anybody ever want to hear from me on this podcast? I can't be used by you. So I can go there. And honestly, I started to go there just a little bit. I did. And and he so quickly reminded me. He is so sweet. He so quickly reminded me of Romans 8, 1. And that says, there, therefore, there is now, there is, therefore, there is, now, no con- there's no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't think I got the words perfect, but he just reminded me, you're in Christ and you're not condemned. And so stop, just stop. And I did. I stopped and thought, nope, I, nope, not doing that. I confessed it already. I can, I can move on. I can move on. This was Saturday. And I went, I, I think I fell asleep at some point, taking a nap and... I didn't sleep the night before because I was up thinking about all this stuff. And anyway, that afternoon, while I when I woke up from my nap, I saw that I had a missed call from my sister Lisa, and she just lives about six minutes down the road, but she's in in a different city, different town. Leander, we're in Cedar Park. Leander, they lost water. She was without water for I think five six days. I had came over to shower, and anyway, she called, and I thought, okay, she must need something else with the water. So I called her back, and she when I when she answered the phone, I said, "Is everything okay?" And she started crying, and she said, "No." She said, "I'm just calling to see if you'll pray." And I just wanted to get more information from her, so I started asking her questions. Just what's what's going on? What how are you feeling? What's what are you worried about? Is it the storm? And she started to tell me about how ever since she was a little girl, she has had a fear of death, like an irrational fear of death, and that she was having that again and having literally like some physical symptoms of anxiety, you know, that panic, the heart rate and all that. And so I I shared with her, so interesting, because I had a, another friend about two weeks ago with the same, tell me the same thing, that she has a fear of death. And I was, I was telling that friend that I used to, as a little girl, I remember I had the same fear. I can remember the actual street that I was driving on, and I can remember the house that I was passing when that fear became overwhelming at one point. And I had a fear not only of myself dying, but I was so afraid that my mom was going to die. I just didn't want my mom to die and what would happen to me and death was a very scary thing for me as a little girl. And it wasn't, I was telling Lisa, my sister, this, it wasn't until I realized that I had eternal life in Jesus, that I didn't have to be afraid of death anymore. That this, once this life is over and we're gone here, if you know Jesus, then your life has just begun. (laughs) You have eternal life. You are in a place that he calls paradise, a place that is better than anything here on earth. And that was another thing that God, he just brought this to mind. He kept reminding me of in the middle of the night to focus on 
the fact that this world is not your home. I could just felt him reminding me over and over, this world is not your home. Yes, you're going to have trouble. Yes, you're going to have major snowstorms. Yes, you're going to have COVID. Yes, you're going to have death and sorrow and just trouble. But this world is not your home. And fix your eyes on the on eternity and remember that there's something better waiting for you so I'm just I'm explaining this to Lisa on the phone and she said she said yeah that's another thing I really it's been hard we haven't been going to church she had been going to church with us a little bit and she said I I really feel like I'm I want to do that and she said, you know, I believe, I believe in God, but I don't really know a lot. I think that was what she said. And I asked her point blank, I said, Lisa, has there ever been a time in your life when you just, that you gave your life to Jesus, that you admitted that you needed him, that to ask him to be your Lord and Savior? And, and she said, no, but I think I want to. <laughs> and, um, talk about frozen. <laughs> I I froze completely. I said, "Okay, um Lisa, just a minute. I'm I need to go get a drink of water." And I put my phone on mute and I ran into Courtney's room. Courtney and Brendan were in there talking and I had the phone out and I said and they they told me later when that they thought when I walked in by the look on my face, I was so scared. And just by the look on my face, they thought that somebody had died. And, and this was a joyous moment. This wasn't a, oh no, somebody's died moment. But what happened was I got so fearful again that I got paralyzed again, again. I'm, I'm holding the phone out and I said, y'all, Lisa is on the phone. She's ready to accept Christ. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And they go, you, yes, you do. You've got this. You, you've got this. But in all of my years of walking with the Lord, which has been about 23 years, I will share, I do it on this podcast. I will share about him. I will tell people about what he's done in my life. I will tell people how life with him is better than anything, but I have never, ever had an opportunity like I did on this day with my sister. I've never had an opportunity to pray with somebody to uh, show them, to walk them through having a relationship with him and accepting him as their savior. And this, y'all, this is my little sister. This is somebody so precious to me. Um, she, she, I'm about 13 years older than her and she, she was my baby. I carried her around. I was like, she was my baby and she was such a cute baby. Um, but anyway, this is a precious person. And I and and what I'm thinking is, oh my gosh, I'm gonna mess this up. I don't know what I'm gonna say. And so they, my <laughs> my husband and my daughter were just, it was so sweet. They were, it was like I just felt the power from them. You, you got this. You know exactly what to say. You were made for this. You can do this. Okay. So I, I go back in the room and I start, I said, okay, Lisa, I, I'm just gonna pray. I'm just gonna pray first. So I start praying and I don't even know what was coming out, but I felt like I started panicking again. I said, okay, Lisa, just a second, just one more minute. <laughs> I put her, I put her on hold again I, or on mute and I run back in there and I said, you, I can't do this. I can't do this. I, I can't, I need, I need help. I can't do this. And, and once again, they said, 
yes, you can. You've got this. You can do this. Okay, okay. So I go back in the room and I um, I said, okay, Lisa, this might feel awkward. And for me, it felt really awkward because I hadn't done this before. I said, okay, Lisa, um, I'm going to pray and just pray after me. And um, I don't know if I shared this yet or not, but she did say to me when I asked her, have you ever had a moment when you surrendered your life to him? She did say to me, no, but I think I'm a good person. And that is what I thought. <laughs> that is what a lot of us have thought. And that is what a lot of you probably think and say about yourself is you are a good person. And so I walked her through and explained that we're, we're not each one of us. The Bible says that there is not one who is good. No, not one. We have all gone astray like sheep. We have all gone astray. And the thing is, is if I compare myself to other people and maybe those who are sitting on death row or other people I know who just don't have scruples or aren't very good in my mind, right, in my eyes, I can make myself seem and feel pretty good. I'm just, I'm a good person. But the truth is it's not when it's not about comparing ourselves to other people. It's about comparing ourselves to a holy, perfect God who cannot have sin in his presence. He can't. And so if I compare myself to him, I I'm I'm I fall short. We all, every single one of us fall short. And the tr- and truth be told, there are there are sins that I know we compare ourselves and think, well, I've never I've never murdered, I've never stolen, maybe I've never, you know, cheated on my spouse and whatever. You can rattle off all these things, but <clears throat> what about have you ever told a lie? Have you ever been prideful or judged somebody or gossiped about somebody, talked about somebody behind their back? Have you ever tried to do things your way instead of his way? So there's lot there's lots of uh, <laughs> there's lots of things that we don't we don't realize. Uh, okay, I'm starting to get a little sidetracked. So basically, she had said, well, I'm a good person. So I walked her through that and explained why we need Jesus and why he came, that God sent his son to die for us because none of us is perfect and we all need him. And so I start, you know, saying these things and she's repeating. And then the very last thing that I said, um, she, she, I wish I could remember the exact words, but she just started bawling. And I basically said, um, I surrender, I surrender my life to you, Jesus. I need you. I confess that I need you. I give my life and my heart, my whole heart to you. And she began weeping. <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, just like I was then. I just, my sister, whom I've prayed for so many times, she belongs to the Lord now. 
She has given her life to him. And she is his. And now she no longer just believes in God or about God. She knows him personally. And I told her, I said, Lisa, you've got to write this day down because this is the first day of the rest of your life. And she said to me, well, it won't be hard to forget because it's Tracy's birthday. And that's our one of our other sisters. So she began her new life in Christ on her her older sister Tracy's birthday. Is that just not amazing? Is that just not so God to do something like that? So woo, it was one of the best days ever on Saturday. And I'm going to end with this. This it, it was such a, a great um, ending to this testimony about frozen faith and getting stuck. And because like I said, I was really, you know, kind of, I was feeling bad about my, my choices over that week and, and being frozen and not having faith. And, and God told me it's okay. (laughs) confess that it's okay. And then it's like, it's like he put a little exclamation point on the end of it by giving me an opportunity to share him and to walk my sister through this prayer to receive him as her Lord and Savior, he could have chosen anybody to do that. He, in fact, he could have done it without anybody. That's how I came to know him. I, there was nobody who walked me through that prayer. It was the Holy Spirit who spoke to me and said, you need me. And I got down on my knees and I said, I need you, Lord. I give my life to you. There was nobody, but God chose to use me. Me who was frozen, me who was so feeling like my faith was so small and feeling so guilty and bad about myself. And he chose to use me in that moment. He didn't have to. It was so humbling. Friends, he doesn't have to use us, but he wants to. He wants to use us. He wants us to be empty vessels. He wants us to be instruments in his hands to use for his purposes and for his glory so that his name and and he can be glorified. It is humbling. I was so incredibly humbled. Like I, oh my goodness. Um, and then, and then I love, I, I have, I have some journals where I have like at the top of the page, it's another and then type of day where I just want to um, document all the things that happened in a day. And God, that God is an and then kind of God. He, something happens and then and then something else happens to go right along with it. And then another amazing thing happens. And it's just, I love that. He is an and then kind of God. Well, <laughs> that's what this day was like. That's what this Saturday was like. And then what happened right after that is after I hung up with Lisa, I checked my phone and I had gotten a text from uh, my daughter, Morgan, in College Station asking me to pray for her. And so I got on the phone with her and we had a really great time of prayer. And just it was it was as if God was saying, you don't get it. You're so loved and I love you so much and I want to use you. And not only that. It's not you, Trish. It's me. It's me working in you and through you. All you have to do is be open and be available 
to what I'm doing. All we have to do is to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Send me. Here I am. Oh, okay. So that's, uh, I guess that's just what I want to remind us all of today. No matter, no matter how frozen you feel, no matter how many times you think you've messed up, no matter how many times you think you're not going to get it right, God wants to use you. He wants to use you, and um, he will. He will. I can't, I actually can't pray. I'm just going to say goodbye. (laughs) I... I really hope that this speaks to your heart in a very profound way and that your faith is reignited today by listening to not my testimony, but what God did, what he did, because it was huge. (laughs) It was huge. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.